0: Good evening, everybody. It's Dave Juskow from the Dave Juskow Podcast, and this is a special presentation podcast this week where we're going to play for you the entire episode of the live Godfather reading we did at the Village Underground, which is a division of the Comedy Cellar, on February 23rd, 2016. Uh, this has uh, obviously been a long time in the making. It's, uh, the whole project is called The Year of the Godfather. We plan on doing six episodes of the first Godfather within a full calendar year. That's technically the plan, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, I have to say the first episode, which we performed only a week ago while I'm recording this, went very good, technically. Now, how it sounds when you listen to it, uh, you know, without seeing it, is another story. I mean, I think it sounds pretty good. And of course, there are people that don't like to talk into the microphone, which drives me insane. You'll find that at the beginning, Dan Natterman, who's playing Michael Corleone, um, doesn't talk into the microphone correctly, so it's a little hard to hear, but I think you can make it out if you stick with it. Otherwise, you hope... People get it. It's kind of funny when you're working with comedians that they still don't know how to talk into a microphone, but I think reading from a script and talking into the microphone confuses a lot of people. I didn't feel that way, as I am a consummate pro, and I fully talk into the microphone. (laughs) I don't know. It's a pet peeve, I suppose. But anyway, the show is good. It's, um, you know, you can hear the laughs, the audience laughs. It's not uh, doctored in any way. I didn't make any edits. It is what it is. It's not very long, so it should be um, hopefully entertaining for you, but I thought I would put it out in this uh, raw format so you could hear it if you want to, and, um, you know, by the time I finished, I'll have compiled the entire Godfather, which would technically be considered the Dave Juskow epic, not just the Godfather epic. So, I suppose without any further ado, again, it is the entire night at the Village Underground, so I get up and I... Make, and I'm doing the air quotes, some jokes. Uh, I open the show, and then my good friend, Mr. David Attell, comes on after. And then we introduce the characters, perform the show, and then um, thank everybody for coming. I mean, it's all pretty cut and dry. Hopefully you understand what's going on. There are people walking on and off. as I mean, I'm talking about the cast of characters walking on and off as the show goes on. Hopefully you'll be able to follow it. But I think it went pretty well. It was very well received. I'm very happy with it. And uh, I believe we're going to do it again in May. A different, um, you know, continuing the the saga, as they call it. So, uh, The Year of the Godfather, Episode 1. Recorded February 23rd, 2016 at the Village Underground, right here in New York City. Enjoy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Cheskow.
0: It's a bad start if the lights don't work when I come on stage. This is not. This is a prediction for the future. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I know it's a cold and rainy night, but uh, I shouldn't wait till the lights go on, right? This is not just for the effect. I mean, they didn't plan this. There it is. Jesus! Now it would be. Now turn it down. People can see me. I'm very pale. Um, I haven't been out in the sun in over 30 years, and um, I know. Thank you so much. I know you're all here to see Nicolas Cage read The Godfather, and you're welcome. And uh, I'm going to make an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> that's going to be, that's not happening. Um, I'm actually going to do it as Bill Cosby today, because
2: I'd like the ladies to be aware I will have something in your drink this evening, because, uh, my favorite character in The Godfather is Senator Geary, because he knows how to treat the ladies. It's Godfather 2, mostly. But I like drugging the ladies and taking them back to my hotel room and doing some nasty. With a jello pudding popping for time. Now you see.
3: <laughs>
0: you expect more of that comedy tonight, huh? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, it's great. Uh, it's great that we're all here. We're all fans of The Godfather. Well, you know, probably half and half. But I mean, women are here. They don't really care. It's us guys that really. I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, girls are kind of annoyed by us guys knowing. Every line, not just from The Godfather, but Caddyshack, Fletch. We remember every line from that, but we can't remember your birthday. That's got to be pretty annoying. I mean, it's so bad with lines from, like, Fletch when we're men. When we go to get, you know, a colonoscopy, even the doctor is like, you know, oh, I'm using the whole fist there. How <laughs> do you like that? The girls aren't laughing. because like, I don't understand. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? But, uh, you know, I'm, obviously I'm fascinated with The Godfather. I mean, who knew? You know, that was like the first movie that was gonna be way epic where you, know, you started saying the lines. If you think about it, it's like the first movie ever to do that. And I've been thinking about The Godfather, obviously, because you know, I have something to do with it this evening. Um, and I don't know if you know this, and this is kind of uh, fascinating in a way. Um, the Godfather was filmed on the same lot as the Brady Bunch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they both filmed on the Paramount lot. It is in Greg Brady's book, Growing Up Brady, which is probably how he sold the book. And people are like, oh, I want to tell the story about me and Marsha. And like, nobody cares about that. What about that we filmed The Godfather lot? Now you're talking. <laughs> Greg, you're a genius. But I keep thinking, I don't know whether you know, but in the Brady Bunch, Robert Reed, not just being homosexual, but um, he hated being Mike Brady. He hated it. Do you know about this? It's depicted in like every documentary they have on the stupid Brady Bunch. Now why would I bring this up, of course, but um, tonight, of all things. Why, Robert Reed material was amazing. Um, (laughs) Can you imagine a guy that hates doing the Brady Bunch? He hates doing it every day, and he's gotta walk past the set of The Godfather (laughs) every day on his way to work. Maybe he's having a cigarette outside with Al Pacino during lunch break. Like, what do you guys got going on today? Like, oh, we're uh, making a plan to kill the, the heads of the five families. It's gonna be unbelievable. What do you got going on? I are gonna stop Greg from smoking. <laughs> so, But then I was thinking about that. To be fair, The Godfather, nobody knew what The Godfather was going to be when it was being filmed. You know, it was just a regular movie. That's why they got the, this, this kid, Coppola, and he used all his relatives. It was like, let's just get a camera and shoot this thing. So nobody knew it was going to be the epic that it was. But by the time it comes out, the Brady Bunch ran from 1968 to 1974. So it's damn well a fact that they were filming Godfather 2 in 73 when the Brady Bunch was still taping. So he knew damn well what he was missing this time for sure. (laughs) And again... He has a little lunch with Al Pacino <laughs> on the set. He's just getting madder and madder. Maybe that's what turned him into homosexuality, who knows. Uh, and they're on the set and he's like, so what do you got going on today? He's like, oh my God, I get to work with Lee Strausberg today. It's amazing. I mean, this guy is my, he's my idol. This guy taught me acting, he, taught, he invented acting and I get to work with him. What do you got going on? <laughs> Davy Jones is coming by the set today. <laughs> He's going to sing a full song it's, it's going to be pretty good. He's going to sing it like this, girl, look what you've done to me. Thank you. Yes. You didn't think you were going to hear that kind of imitation tonight. I've been thinking about also if um, you make it relevant in today, there must be actors. Have you ever seen the show Dog with a Blog? It's my favorite show of all time. I, I mention it on my podcast constantly. And the three people that listen to the podcast probably understand. Dog with a Blog is a show about a dog who has a blog. I mean, it is what it says. That's why you got to like a show like that. It delivers. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than a dog typing on the keyboard with his paws. I mean, that works for me every time. <laughs> and he's like, what did I do today? And he's got, like, glasses on and stuff where he's, like, reading over the, you know, the bifocals. Uh, every time, I'm just like... The kids come, my nieces come up, like, why are you watching this? I'm like, the dog's typing on the... Maybe you didn't see it. But the father in that show, and the father in all those Disney shows—I mean, they gotta hate their life in a way. <laughs> you hope they get it. That's oh, a paycheck, but some of them don't. So I was thinking, if they're on the same lot as they're filming, you know, Spotlight—you <laughs> know, movie that might win Best Picture—and they're on the same lot, it's the same story, it's gonna be, you know, uh, just hanging out. The dad from Dog with the Blogs Blog, Mark Ruffalo. It's like, what's happening today? It's like, oh, today we're doing the scene where the 99 priests are raping and molesting little boys. We're going to put it out in the paper today. It's going to be, it's a very intense scene. What do you got going on <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing already by his because it's going to be so hilarious. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, our dog today becomes a DJ and he's spinning the disc. And again, with the paw, I'm like, well, that's pretty good. You know, like, maybe even the guy gets it. He's like, well, it's pretty funny when he spins the disc with the paw. <laughs> But then they go further, and they're just Mark Ruffalo. It's like, what do you got going on after the raps? What do you got doing? He's like, oh, I'm going to do Avengers 3. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> and the other guy's just like, oh, I'm going to do a show with the cat. <laughs> so I got that going for him. Anyway, um, is our guest here yet? Oh, I guess not. Uh, does anybody know if our comedian is here? Two blocks away. Ah, two blocks away. So what you're saying is I have to stretch. Well, this is what I've been built for. My entire life, my career has come to this. My sister's here. She knows how it's been for 50 years. This is exactly what it's come down to. So I was on J-Take the other day, and I—it's odd, you know. I got hooked up with my mother. Uh, it's it's not—we use separate. We use different pictures, obviously. And my age range is 30 to 75, so I can see where that would happen. But we met, and then we're like, Dave, you know, Mom, was like, and we had a nice dinner, it was okay. And um, we had a lot in common, so it was a very actually easy first date. The second date was very awkward. Um, Well, that's all right, right, yeah. Anyway, all right, so uh, listen, before we get this uh, shindig started, which is gonna be unbelievable, I mean, you know it is, that's why you're all here. Uh, let's get it going and uh, get everybody in the mood. For the uh, my uh, greatest friend in the whole world, the greatest comedy in the country, please welcome the stylings of Mr. David Attell, everybody.
4: Keep it going for Dave Jesko everybody. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I didn't expect such an amazing turnout on such a cold, rainy night, but it just shows you that the rereading of a classic will bring out the truest people. Do you guys know what you're here for? Okay, good. (coughs) I hope this is the funny mic. Now, for those of you who don't know me, um, I have kind of an odd look. I kind of look like I run a terrorist website, but I don't. I have many looks. In Portland, I look like a blacksmith's accountant. In New York, I kind of look like the guy who sells umbrellas in front of Penn Station. That hearty, rousing laugh that you just gave me, showed me that you had just had some food. I love it. Did you eat? Are you guys eating? Yeah. Cool. Because not only is this a comedy club, this is also a great time for drinking and eating. I'm gonna say right now, New York has never been more expensive, am I right? Yeah, crazy. The one percenters, Not the best crowd. (laughs) Sometimes after the show, I just wish them all ironic one percenter deaths. You know, like, like they're in an Uber cab and they get out, they get hit by a city bike. You know. um, I'll tell you what needs some work in this town. Are you ready? The Brooklyn Aquarium. Have you been there? It needs a lot of work. I'm gonna say right now. I have learned more about the ocean at the Red Lobster than I have. Here's how bad it is. You know where the gift shop is for the Brooklyn Aquarium? It's the Dwayne Reed across the street. Thank you. There's a lot of gusses and herbs in the room. Heavy duty Jewish turnout. I like it. I'm Jewish myself. Our holidays rock. Hanukkah? Yeah. My favorite day of Hanukkah is the fifth day, Cinco de Hanukkah. I love it. <laughs> uh. More? Purim is great. Has anybody? Ah, uh, that's Jewish Halloween for the Goyim in the room, for the shixes. That's for the Jews. It's our Halloween. And for Jewish Halloween, you don't dress up as vampires or zombies. You dress up, you know, as Jewish fears, like a reverse mortgage or a. Um, <laughs> friend who wants to borrow your car to help him move, you know, a Jewish fear. (laughs) Can I use the whole stage, or is there too much, is there going to be a couch here or something, nothing at all? Wow, this is great. I'll tell you, I've known Dave for a long time, and he is definitely, he's a lot of things, but you know what he is mostly? Clever. This guy is very good, and this is going to be a great night of entertainment. Before I go, I'm going to say this, okay, Um, I don't know if it's a dirty show or not, Dave, what did you say on J-Date? Is this a dirty show or not? It is a dirty show. Okay, cool. Because um, uh, I'm going to say it right now, okay? Uh, I'm probably too filthy for this for this night of entertainment. That's the way I see it. I mean, I I, I don't even know how to say this, but um, have you ever been on one of these dating sites and by accident you hit the wrong button and by accident you enroll yourself at DeVry University? Well... <laughs> I'm working on a new career, that's what it is. I'm thinking of becoming a dog groomer. Does anybody anybody do this? Do you know you need a degree to be one? I thought you just needed a drinking problem and a dog. But you actually need a degree to cut a dog's hair. Because in New York, our dogs are very special. Like my mom's dog has nightmares, so he's on Ambien. Can you believe that? What kind of nightmares can he have? I mean, really, he doesn't have to work. I mean, what's going on with him? I never know what to do. I just pull up my pants and leave the room whenever I see it happening. That was a test joke. I apologize. The real hero tonight is the Xerox machine at the FedEx store. Look at all that copying. All right. Let's start it out with some energy before we start the show here. Why don't you guys tell me what you're drinking, and I'll tell you how your night's going to end? This is always a lot of fun. So go ahead. What's the drink of choice? What are you guys having? Red wine. Red wine? Why not? You never know when there might be a challenge to a hot air balloon race. I'll tell you wine is classy i of course go with the street vodka i think it's called purell now i don't know if you've ever been out to any of these towns now where they've legalized pot can you believe it let me tell you something i thought that it was going to be crazy like where it's going to like blow the town away like you know you can pay for things with riddles and uh you know the cops don't have guns they just tickle you until they do what they want a lawrence lerman shows up in the back everyone give it up for lawrence lerman Dave got calling in all, all hands on this one. I went to a strip club in Portland, Oregon, and let me just say, it was a vegan strip club. Can you imagine this? <laughs> vegan strippers. These girls were so weak, they could not even climb the pole. It was the saddest thing. They were licking the pole for iron. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> we were throwing kale chips at them. Anything. <laughs> Women are amazing. Women don't even like S.E.X., you know what they like? A guy who is a good listener. Yeah? No? Okay. Like how exciting would it be if tonight you go home with your man and as he takes off his trousers, right? Because this is a trouser crowd. Instead of seeing that big old veiny penis, there's another ear. How about that, huh? Thank you. Thank you very much. Prepare for a great night of entertainment. Dave just got the altar. Everyone, give him another hand. I see he's wearing his blazer.
0: <laughs> I wear the blazer for the big shows, Dave. I think you should do similar.
4: Dave, how did you come up with this idea? You actually do look like a uh, actually like a rabbi who's going <laughs> to court. You really don't look very theatrical tonight. I'm going to traffic court. So what? Uh, so what's in store for the audience here tonight?
0: Well, you know, we're just doing the uh, reading of The Godfather. Which one?
4: En, the bon f- en Uh <laughs> Oh, good. That's my favorite. And uh, I don't know. You know,
0: we just kind of hope for the best, I guess. And we who's was in it? Well, I was going to do that. Oh, sorry, sorry, time. sorry.
4: Dave <laughs> Jesko, <Jessica>, everybody.
0: <laughs> my homeless friend, Dave Attell, everybody. Dave Attell. He's the best. got to spit out my gum. I'm sorry, I got confused. It's like I've never done this before. Okay, so yes, uh, obviously we're here. uh, We have to start what we came here for. The Godfather. So um, everything is a little, uh, you know, a little crazed. There will be people walking on and off and on and off, and things might get confused, the the cues, the lighting, the music. It could get all messed up, but uh, you know what you're in for. We're we're in the place where Anne Frank and her family first had to stay. So all this is, um, what are you expecting? Uh, but it's going to be great, and it's going to be fun, and um, a lot of people will be playing multiple parts, like myself. I think I have like five parts. One, two, three, four, four maybe six. Well, because some of the players, because we're only doing, you know, up to uh, the Connie's wedding to the Jack Walt scene, we're only doing those scenes, and some people only have one line, so it wasn't worth, you know, just getting another poor <coughs> soul to just do one line. So, uh, you know, I will sometimes, if I'm doing another role, I go from this mic, I go to that mic. But I tried to work it out, so you're going to be confused. (laughs) Those of you who know the movie are not going to be confused, but your wives will be confused. All right, let's just say it like it is. But uh, let's just get to it, I guess. I will explain. Here's what I'm going to play Don Corleone and Jack Waltz, but I will also be playing Clemenza, a button man. It's in the script. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you know, Senator. I'm doing good for the tuna. now. Um, a random person that's in the script, I don't know. And the band leader. Uh, you will not probably know which one of those I'm playing except for the obvious ones, but you'll just have to work with that. As for the rest of the cast, let's get the show started and introduce everybody one by one. Sammy. Okay, from The Daily Show, and currently The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Emmy winner, Mr. Paul Mercurio. He will be our narrator and Nazarene the Baker. Playing Bonacera, the photographer, Old Man Vitalia, and Johnny Fontaine from The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, please welcome Matteo Leigh. Playing Sonny and Paulie from The Tonight Show and a regular here at the Comedy Cellar, please welcome Russ Manee. playing the role of Tom Hagen from The Late Show, and Louie, please welcome Lenny Marcus, whose uh, fiance's birthday it is today, but he came anyway. Do you love that kind of commitment? What an asshole. (laughs) That marriage is gonna start off well, I'm sorry. All right, playing Sonny's put-upon wife Sandra and Connie Corleone and Kay Adams, Please welcome from Last Comic Standing in Chelsea Lately, Lisa Trader, <laughs> Playing Mama Corleone. I keep going Corleone and Corleone, just like the Senator Geary. Again, I can't make it up. From B Box Radio and the Hillary Clinton Campaign Trail, please welcome Irene Bremis. <laughs> Playing Teresa Hagen. From Comedy Central's Premium Blend, please welcome Debbie Shea. playing Luke Cabrazzi, Fredo, and Tony, Jack Waltz's stable boy. From the Artie Lang and Opie and Jim Shows, please welcome Mike Bichetti. Look at him. (laughs) And last but not least, playing Michael Corleone from America's Got Talent and The Tonight Show, Little Danny Natterman. That is our cast of characters for this evening. So without further ado, we present to you The Godfather.
5: Day, the Corleone compound. It is Vito Corleone's only daughter's wedding day. This is a huge party on the outside grounds of the house. Everyone is there, including some of the heads of the other families. It's a glorious day for the Corleone family. We open while Don Corleone is taking care of business in his study with his son, Sonny, and his adopted son, Tom Hagen, in close proximity. The local undertaker, Emerigo Bonasera, now has the godfather's ear.
6: I live in America. (laughs) America has made my fortune. And I raised my daughter in American fashion. I gave her freedom. But I taught her never to dishonor la familia. And she found a boyfriend. Not in Italian. She went to the movies with him. She stayed out late. I didn't protest. Two months ago, he took her for a drive with another boyfriend. They make her drink whiskey. And she tried to be taken advantage of. She resisted. She kept her honor. So they beat her like an animal. When I went to the hospital, her nose was uh, broken. Her jaw was uh, shattered, uh, held together by wire. She couldn't even weep because of the pain. But I wept. Why did I weep? She was the light of my life. A beautiful girl. Now she will never be beautiful again. Grazie. <laughs> Sorry. I went to the police like a good American. And these two boys were brought to trial. The judge sentenced them to three years in prison on suspended sentence. Suspended sentence! They went free that very day. I stood in the courtroom like a fool. And those two bastards, they smiled at me. Then I said to my wife, of justice, we must go to Don Corleone. Oh, why did you go to the police? <laughs> Why didn't you come to me first? What do you want me tell me anything but do what I beg you? What is that? Onacera gives a glance to the
5: Don to see if it's all right to approach and whispers something into Don Corleone's ear. Ew! What's the matter with
2: you? That's disgusting
6: i give you anything you ask. No, no, no. Clearly
2: you've been working with dead people too long. Seriously, that's a fucked up request. (laughs) Look, okay. We've known each other for many years. It's the first time you came to me for counsel, for help. I can't remember the last time you invited me to your house for a cup of coffee, even though my wife is godmother to your only child.
6: Well, I was going to invite you over, but your wife had told me you're not a big coffee drinker.
2: (laughs) That's true, but I think you're missing the point.
6: The point. Uh, I was a busy, you were busy. It's
7: the half. I was a little busy.
2: Right. Let's be frank here. You never wanted my friendship, and uh, you're afraid of being my dad.
6: I didn't want to get in trouble. This
2: is when you get into trouble. <laughs> That's what you sound like. You sound like an idiot. Listen. <laughs> I, I understand. You found paradise in America. You had a good trade. You made a good living. Police protected you, and there were courts of law. You didn't need a friend like me, but now, now, now you come to me, and say, it's uh, not you give me justice. <laughs> you don't ask with respect. You don't offer friendship. Look, look at this guy. You, you didn't even think to call me godfather. Instead, you come into my house the day my daughter is to be married. You ask me, well, that first thing was fucked up, but then you ask me to, 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 to do murder for money.
6: I ask you for justice. That is not
2: justice, your daughter still left.
6: Then they can suffer then, as a she suffered. How much shall I pay you, huh? Don Cordelione gets up, turning his back to Bonasera.
2: Bonasera, Bonacera, What have I ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully?
6: Well, uh, you murder and extort the people, and you're kind of a bully. (laughs) That's true, but what else have I done? Well, you told me once if you ever saw your loved ones in my coffins that you'd burn my funeral home to the ground and stuff me in an alligator's ass.
2: That doesn't sound like something I'd say, but I see your point. The thing is, that you come to me in friendship, then this scum that ruined your daughter would be suffering this very day. And that by chance of an honest man such as yourself should make enemies, then they would become my enemies. And then they would fear you.
5: You be my friend. Bonacera bows toward the door. Oh,
2: sure, now. Bonacera goes to kiss Don Corleone's Get away hand. from me, you pervert. All right, fine. Here's what I'll do. Someday, and that day may never come, or it might come 45 minutes into the film, <laughs> I will call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day.
6: Grazie, Godfather. So now
2: this guy's like, grazie, Godfather. An
6: Why do you want me to answer? I'm Italian. All right,
2: get out of here. Get out of here. Prego, prego. Sonny, you believe this guy?
5: Buonisena leaves the room. The Don calls over Tom Hagen.
2: Uh, give this to uh, Clemenza. I want reliable people. People that aren't going to be carried away. I mean, we're not murderers, This probably what that undertaker says. What a weirdo. Be <laughs> my friend, Godfather.
5: <laughs> oh, Jesus. We cut to the wedding reception. Connie and her new husband, Carlo Rizzi, are at the head table having the time of their lives as the family begins gathering for a family
7: portrait. Where's Michael? Hey, don't worry, it's early.
2: We're not taking the picture without Michael. No, 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 still, my friend. I imagine, stands the Michael. No, the
5: photographer is incensed.
2: <sighs> Darn it, I was
8: gonna cut out early. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <coughs> What's the matter, Sonny? Yeah, it's Michael. The wedding continues. The Don meets some guests outside. Mama dances with Sonny's twin girls. <laughs> Connie and Carlo laugh with guests at the head table. Clemenza dances with his wife. Tessie sits at a table, tosses himself an orange. Outside the gates in the driveway, the FBI has arrived. She begins taking license plate numbers. Don Barzini arrives. <laughs> Vito introduces Barzini to someone in Italian. Clemenza is dancing, gets tired, and spins off the dance floor laughing.
0: Hey, Paul! <laughs> Let me have some more wine. Polly. School.
7: wine. please. Hey, you look terrific on the dance. Floor.
0: What are you, a dance judge or something? Go take a walk around the neighborhood. And do
5: your job. Sonny pinches Lucy Mancini's cheek as he walks towards his wife, Sandra.
7: Hey, Sandra, do me a favor. And watch the kids, huh? Don't let them run wild, all right?
8: Well, you watch yourself, all right? I don't like that Lucy Mancini. It's going around that she has difficulty in reaching orgasm because she has a loose vagina.
7: Where the fuck? Where the fuck did you hear that? That is disgusting.
8: It's in the book. (laughs) Apparently, only your massive cock can satisfy her. Uh, It makes
5: sense. It's really in the book? That's right. The reception continues. We first see Tessie dancing with a young girl standing on his feet.
0: Hey,
8: Tessie, buona
5: fe! Don Corleone dances with his wife, Carmela, or mama. Connie collects gifts for her bridal purse. Paulie's
7: watching. Uh, 20, 30 grand, small bills, cash Net little silk purse. If this was someone else's wedding, sweet tomato
5: Madonna. A button man tosses Paulie some sandwiches.
7: Hey, Paulie, I got two, got my got Yeah,
5: you stupid jerk. <laughs> A news photographer takes Barzini's picture. Barzini motions to his men to get the camera. The men bring the camera to Barzini, who removes and crumples the film. Tom goes up to his wife, Teresa, who's sitting at the table at reception.
7: I have to go back to work. Aw, oh, Tom. It's part of the wedding. No Sicilian can refuse any request on his daughter's wedding day. So,
4: like, if he asks you to blow him, you have to do it. Well, I mean. You just said you can't refuse a request.
7: Well, yeah, but. But I, what?
4: The Godfather asks you to lick his ass. Do you or don't you have to do it? <laughs>
7: well, I can't imagine. He do would you ha- or
9: don't you have to do it? Again,
7: I don't. Think just that answer
9: I- the question. Do you or don't you have to do it? All right. Yes.
7: Okay. I have to lick his ass if he asks. Are you happy?
6: Surprisingly, yes.
5: (laughs) We cut to muscle man Luca Brasi rehearsing his lines. He will say if, in fact, he gets a meeting with the Don today.
9: Don (laughs) Coleone. I'm extremely grateful to be invited to your home.
5: Sonny goes out into the driveway to see the FBI guy. Sonny uh, goes out into the driveway to see the FBI guy. Hey,
7: uh, what? Get out of here. It's a private party. Go on.
5: Sonny goes up to what appears to be the leader of this case who's sitting in his car.
7: Hey, wh- wh- what is it? Hey, it's my sister's wedding.
5: The FBI agent shows Sonny a badge. Sonny spits and then turns and walks away.
7: <laughs> Goddamn FBI. don't respect nothing.
5: Sonny sees a photographer taking pictures at the gate and flies into a rage. Hey, come here. 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 Sonny Sonny smashes the photographer's camera right in front of him, which Paulie kicks. Then Sonny pauses and flips some cash onto the feet of the photographer to pay for the camera. Oh. We cut to Don Corleone's office once again, where Nazarene the baker is now asking the Don for his services. (laughs) But... Don to the end, he was, uh, he was a parole to help with the American war effort, you know. And so, last six months, he's been working in my pastry shop. He's a good boy.
2: Nazarene, my friend, what can I do for <laughs> you?
5: Don <laughs> Corleone, now that the war is over, this boy, Enzo, Enzo, they, and they want to repatriate him back to Italy. Godfather, I have a daughter, you see, she and the Enzo. You stays. want Enzo to stay
2: in this country, you want your daughter to be married.
5: Oh, Godfather, you understand everything.
2: Well, they don't call me the Godfather for nothing, you <laughs> know. Oh, I know. Good, because for a while, it seemed like you didn't get it. Uh, what do you mean? It's just your whole backstory. You tell me for an hour and a half, you're sitting here having a drink, you happen away, my daughter's getting married today, you just could have said I need the kid to stay in the country, You could have been at the wedding already. That's all, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's, it's in a roundabout I, way. Yeah, I understand.
5: I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. I'm sorry.
2: All right, then. <laughs> Mr.
5: Hagen. Thank you, thank you so much, and Don. Oh wait till do you see the beautiful wedding cake, and maybe you are throw oof. Oh my god, I got the bridal thing in the boom. All right, right and all right, all
2: right. Get out, get out, get out. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Who guy doesn't shut up. That wedding cake better be fucking unbelievable.
7: Who should I give this job to? Well, not to our pies, no. Give it to
2: that Jew congressman in another district. Who else is on the list? Got it.
7: Give it to Jew. Don't write it down, you idiot. <laughs> Just remember it. Right. One Jew coming
5: up. Oi. <laughs> The Don looks out his window. He spies Michael Corleone arriving with his girlfriend, Kay Adams. They dance to Every Time I Look in Your Eyes.
7: He's not on the list, but Luca Brazzi wants to see you. Uh, is, this, I mean, is this necessary? He didn't expect to be invited to the wedding, so he, he just wanted to thank you. All right, oh, brother, why did I invite this guy?
5: Back outside, Luca Brazzi is rehearsing his lines. He will read to the Don when he meets with him.
9: I'm honored and grateful you invited me to your home on the wedding day of your daughter. And may your first child be a masculine one.
8: Uh, Michael, that man over there is talking to himself. See that scary guy over there? He's a very scary guy. Well, who is he? What's his name? His name is Luca Bracci, and he helped my father out sometimes.
5: Luca stands up, facing Mike and Kay, seemingly coming toward them.
8: Michael, wait, he's coming over here.
5: Tom Hagen cockblocks Luca and cuts <laughs> in on his meeting with Mike and Kay. Uh,
3: Mikey! Hey,
7: you look terrific. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, brother, my brother, Tom Hagen, is Kay Adam. How do you do?
8: How do you do, Tom?
5: Tom whispers in Mike's ear. Your father, he's been asking about you.
1: Jesus, duh. (laughs) Is that something you really needed to whisper? (laughs) You gotta relax, man. Sorry, Mike. That's okay, it's this Luca Prozzi thing. I'm sorry, if I hear his fucking speech one more time, I'm gonna shit myself. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Tommy.
7: Very nice to meet you, Kay.
8: If he's your brother, why does he have a different name?
1: Oh, well, uh... When my brother Sonny was a kid, he found Tom Hagen in the street. And uh, he had no home, so my father took him in. And he's been with us ever since. He's he's a good lawyer. Not a Sicilian, but I think he's going to be (laughs) conseiller.
3: What's that?
1: Well, it's like a counselor, an advisor. Very important to the family. You like a lasagna? I've had better. Really?
8: (laughs) It's no biggie. You asked if I liked it, and I've said I've had better.
1: Well, yeah, you, where have you had better?
8: Well, there's a Mrs. Stofer who lives across the street from me, and she makes a mean lasagna. All right.
5: We cut back to Don Corleone's office. Now, Luca has finally made it in to give his speech to the Don. Luca is sweating profusely and extremely nervous.
9: Don Colion, I am honored to be invited to your daughter's wedding. On the day of your daughter's wedding. Wait, wait, oh. Don Colion, I'm honored and grateful you invited me to the bridal wedding. Wait, wait, wait. I hope that your first child will be a masculine one. Oh, wait, wait, Don. I pledge my non-ending alliance to you, Don Colion.
5: Playing kids run into the room and then are escorted out by Tom. This completely throws off
4: Luca. <laughs>
9: Get out of here, you rotten kids! I'll murder you! <laughs> All, slowly. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> go to bridal purse.
2: Thank you, Luca, my most valued friend.
9: Don Coleon. I'm gonna leave you now. Because <laughs> I know you're busy.
2: Thank you, Luca. <laughs>
5: Tom escorts Luca out and we cut outdoors to the party again. The bride and groom dance. We see Sonny moving closer to Lucy, his mistress with the huge vag. <laughs> to whisper into her ear, Sonny's wife Sandra is gesturing to the other women about the size of Sonny's penis and they all laugh. Sandra turns to see Lucy get up to meet Sonny. She is sad, but since everyone knows Lucy's condition, what are you gonna do? The band leader is encouraging Mama Corleone to come on stage and sing. We cut the Sonny coming inside and ascending the stairway to the bathroom. Then we cut back to Mama, inviting old man Battaglia on stage to do a little singing of his own.
10: Mamma mia, mare dai, ragazzi, <ride> piccaglia e Mamma mia, pesaccia tu. Sentem ora un tema. I dove? i doveva e, e tu non lo faccio a male. Deve. Mamma mia, canzaria, mamma mia, che pensa tu? Oh, mamma. Oh, mamma. Oh, mamma.
5: We cut to indoors again as Lucy Mancini and her huge clitoris are ascending the staircase to the awaiting arms of Sonny Corleone so we can let her have it in the bathroom. In the meantime, Don Corleone continues to talk with Tom in his study. Senator Colley
7: apologized for not coming personally. He said you'd understand. Also, some of the judges, they've all sent gifts.
5: We hear screams of joy from the party outside. <laughs> what, what, what is that? What's, go, what's going on? We look outside only to find that it's legendary crooner Johnny Fontaine entering the party to adoring guests who are fans. Connie runs up and hugs Johnny, showing off how well she knows him to the guests.
8: Johnny! Johnny! Johnny, I love you!
5: We cut back inside to the Don's office, where he's looking out the window in complete jubilance that Johnny Fontaine showed up. When it comes to Johnny, Don Corleone has a big, soft spot. He came all the way
2: from California to come to the wedding. I told you he was going to come. I told you I knew it. What a great guy. It's
7: been, it's been two years. He probably got into trouble. No, no, he's a good He's a good godson. <laughs> We come back outside where Mama
5: Corleone is coaxing Johnny into singing a song, except she says it in Italian, of course.
8: Johnny, Johnny, cantare una canzone.
5: Johnny pretends he doesn't want to, but of course he gives in. At their tiny table, Michael and Kay have been watching the entire scenario.
8: Mike, you never told me you knew John Fontaine. Oh, sure, you want to meet him? Huh, oh, wh- well, sure. My
1: father helped him with his career.
8: He did? How? Let's listen to the song. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, Michael, can you just please tell me?
1: You like in lasagna? <laughs>
5: what the? I Johnny begins his song.
10: I have but one heart This heart I bring you I have but one heart To share with you But one dream that I can cling to, you are the one dream I prayed came true.
1: but it's a fucked-up story. Are you sure? Yes,
8: yes, yes, yes.
1: Well, this could change your perception of being my family as human beings. I mean, if I were you after I hear this story, I'd probably run away.
8: Well, I'll take the chance.
1: Well, when Johnny was first starting out, he was signed to this personal service contract with a big fan leader. And as his career got better and better, he wanted to get out of it. No, so uh, Now Johnny's my father's godson and my father went to see this band leader and he offered him ten grand to let Johnny go but the band leader said no so the next day my father went to see him only this time with Luca Brazzi and within an hour he signed a release for a certified check for a thousand dollars How did he do that? My father made him an offer he couldn't refuse Okay, what was that? Luca Brazzi held a gun to his head and my father assured him that either his brains or his signature would be on that contract That's a true story, that's my family, Kay but that's not me you know, you're
8: right. I, I don't want to hear that story. It's
1: too late. I already told you.
8: So your family's in the Mafia?
1: Wait, whoa, whoa. is that what
8: you took from that story?
3: Um,
1: well,
8: yeah, it sounds like... It kind of sounds like you murder and extort,
1: kind of like Spectre. Well, any story can sound that way you you tell it all cold and calculating like I did, but, well, what if I told it like this? at <laughs> Bratsa held a gun to his head, and my father assured him that either his brain or his signature would be on the paper. That's a true story. That's my family. <laughs> I guess that
8: doesn't sound so bad. See? Now how do you like lasagna? What the fuck?
10: (laughs) My darling, until I saw you I never felt this way And nobody else before you ever answered me, say. You are my one dream that I can cling to. You are the one dream, I pray, comes true. Diku, Faccio l'amore A cure curi Chi ci passa Ca'u mare E' una carezza Ma ti alabrezza
5: the song completes, and the Don goes out to meet Johnny and the other guests, and they toast. Johnny whispers into the Don's ear that he wants to talk to him.
2: Uh, I'll take care of it. Tom, I want you to find Santino. Tell him to come to the office. Tom looks up. He knows Santino's
5: getting jiggy with it upstairs. We return to Michael and Kay's conversation.
8: I'm only saying that every time you say something spooky, you end it with, how do you like your lasagna? What
1: are you talking about? That would be crazy.
8: I mean, I guess. But seriously, how do you like your lasagna?
5: Michael's older brother Fredo taps Mike in the head. Fre-
7: Fredo, Fredo! Fredo, my brother Fredo, this is, this is Kay Adam. No, you do. Hi,
1: uh, okay.
5: Fredo gives Kay an awkward kiss on the cheek. <laughs>
9: Quite
1: a good time for Huh? Oh, yeah. Friend. Uh, Kay Adams. See, there you go again. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything about lasagna.
8: <laughs> yeah, but why do you keep introducing me as Kay Adams?
1: That's your name, Kay Adams.
8: Yeah, but how about just like Kay or, uh, I don't know, your girlfriend?
1: Now, Kay Adams is just one of those names you say both names to, like Beyonce Knowles or Madonna Ciccone. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you like the lasagna?
8: Okay, that's it. Back to
5: the Don's office where Johnny Fontaine and Vito are having a very serious conversation. As Johnny is telling his sad sack story.
10: I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. My voice is weak. It's weak. Anyway, uh, if I had this part in the picture, you know, it puts me right back on top. But there's a uh, man out there. He won't give it to me. The head of the studio.
6: What,
2: what, what was his
10: Waltz, Waltz. He won't give it
6: to me, and uh, he says there's no chance.
5: No chance. We cut back to Tom looking for Sonny at the bottom of the stairs in the house. Sonny, 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 and his massive cock have Uh, Lucy standing up against the door (laughs) in the upstairs bedroom, banging her so hard and loud you wonder why they even bother to close the door at all. (laughs) Tom goes upstairs and reluctantly knocks on the
7: bedroom door. (laughs) <laughs> Sonny Sonny, you in there? Why, why, why? Sonny stops the action What? Your old man wants to see him Yeah, yeah. Wait, one minute What are you doing in there? <laughs> well, I'm not banging that big ugly girl from outside <laughs> if that's what you're thinking It's <laughs> me, I'm sorry, I really care about you <laughs> I wasn't thinking that Hey, good, because I'm not Good, so open the door <laughs> Hey, why? Is Luca Brazzi in there with you? (laughs) Uh, Why would you you even ask that? I thought I saw you and Luca go in there earlier. (laughs) I can see how you might think that, but uh, no.
5: Sorry, baby, I'll buy you something nice.
7: (laughs) And I like steak. (sighs) So anyway, I'll tell your old man you're coming, right? (laughs) I'm coming, all right. (laughs) Uh, Why did you say it like that? What? I don't know, you said it weird, and then you kind of giggled, like, eh. Did I? Yeah. Anyway, my penis is getting flaccid. So just let me finish up here, and I'll meet you down in a minute. Well, be careful, your wife was downstairs earlier telling my wife and a few others how huge that thing is. Then she saw you bring Luca Brazzi up here, and she became dejected.
5: Sonny continues slamming Lucy. <laughs> however, however it could be Luca in a pink dress. They both have similar bills. Tom, satisfied with Sonny's response, whistles as he goes downstairs. We cut back to Johnny and Vito's conversation in the study as Tom quietly
6: enters. A month ago, he brought me the movie. He bought the movie rights to this uh, this book, a bestseller. And The main character—it's a guy just like me. I wouldn't even have to act; just be myself. Oh, Godfather! I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Don Corleone gets up and slaps
2: Johnny in the face. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn out a Hollywood Pinocchio? cries like a woman, what what can I do, what can I do? This is you. Oh no, godfather, my my pussy hurts.
5: this is nonsense, ridiculous. Sonny, after boning who we now believe to be Lucy, enters the room. The Don knows Sonny has been up to no good by a vague glance.
2: Spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. The man who does not spend time with his family can never be a real man. And The person who spends his days upstairs taking one for the team, banging a big nasty girl, (laughs) is definitely a real man, but not big. in the family man department, Sonny, I'm looking in your direction. (laughs) Come here, Johnny, you look terrible. Uh, I do, I, I thought I looked pretty good. No, no, you look terrible. Trust me, I want you to eat. I want you to the rest a while, and a month from now, this uh, Hollywood Big Shot's gonna give you what you want.
6: It's too late. They start shooting in a week. God, you really are a dick, aren't you?
2: <laughs> alright, alright, listen, I'm gonna make him an offer, he can't refuse.
6: Okay, but don't do anything too violent. Oh,
2: this is you. Don't do anything too violent. Oh, God, brother, I'm a Hollywood Pinocchio. I love other guys' cocks.
10: I don't think I sound like that. I
2: don't think I sound like that. You go outside, enjoy yourself, and uh, forget about all this nonsense. I want you to leave it to me.
10: All right, all right.
5: Johnny leaves the room. Outside, the cake comes out, and Nazarene the baker takes a proud bow. The Don is watching from his window.
2: Look at that idiot. He's so proud of that fucking cake. It's fucking unbelievable. I said, that guy's got to get alive. Tom, you know what? Call that Jew congressman back. No, no, you know what? Maybe the cake is delicious. I'll wait until I taste it. Mmm, Cake. I'll tell you something, if I ever buy my own island, I'm gonna eat cake and Big Macs all day.
7: What's a Big Mac? You'll find out in a few years, Marty.
2: (laughs) All right, what time does my daughter leave with the bridegroom?
7: In a few minutes, right after they cut the cake. So now, your new son-in-law, give him something important?
2: Never. Give him a living. but never discuss the family business with him.
7: Are you sure? Because if it were me, I'd be asking for a boatload of questions about what we do, especially if he's kind of working for us. You know, I'd be like
2: that too, but I don't know. (laughs) We should probably tell him so he doesn't feel left out later, so he won't betray us, but whatever. (laughs) So what else do we have going on? Let's get to the plot of the movie
7: already. Burgess Solato called. Now we're gonna have to have a meeting with him someday next week. We'll discuss
2: it when you come back from California. <laughs>
7: <laughs> when am I going to California? I
2: want you to go tonight. I want you to talk to this movie big shot and settle this business for Johnny.
7: But I've got plans tonight.
2: You know you can't refuse any request on my wa-
7: daughter's wedding day. Again with that, well I mean how long does this day last? <laughs> I'm way positive it doesn't go into tomorrow. What are these huge plans that
2: you have?
7: Well, I didn't want to say, but I was going to maybe look for a fish tank for you
2: Ah, you were? I love little fish
7: I know, plus we're all out of oranges
2: Well, now, if there's nothing else, I'd like to go to my daughter's wedding Now? It's almost over Crap How long have we been in here? Well, you know what, I'll make it up at my granddaughter's wedding Good thinking, Pop we cut outside as the
5: entire family, now that Michael's finally decided to show up, is ready to take the family photo.
3: Carla, we're gonna take a picture. Start making out with my daughter.
8: Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, Michael, not
3: me. Michael
5: grabs Kay and brings her to be in the photo.
8: No offense, Michael, but if you keep referring to her as Kay Adam, why is
10: that cat is she in this family photo?
8: That's what I told him, Mama, but he doesn't listen.
10: Don't call me Mama, you whore. Hey, <laughs> okay, Adams, what kind of a whoreish name is that?
5: The photographer is ready to take the photo.
8: Okay, that's it. Just like that. Now hold it. Make sure Whitey over here doesn't blind us out of the picture. Oh, shut up, you old bat. Fuck you, you whore. <laughs>
5: Folks, before we take a break and move on to Act Two, we have a uh, highlight of upcoming episodes of <laughs> *The Godfather*.
2: <laughs> uh, so it's, it's going to be somebody you trust. And they're going to set up a meeting for you, and uh, at that meeting, you'll be assassinated. <laughs>
5: We open on a plane landing on a beautiful day in Hollywood, California. Tom Hagen, the Corleone's family concierge, gets into a cab, then walks by foot through Waltz International Studios' back lot. It's a huge movie studio run by Jack Waltz. Waltz was a Jewish movie producer who had achieved mild success in the film industry, having come up from nothing, rolling barrels with his father in Hell's Kitchen during the early 1900s. He eventually went on to found Waltz International Pictures, which grew into one of the biggest studios in Hollywood. When Tom finally gets to where Waltz is located on the lot, we find Waltz celebrating the finish of a picture, taking photos and signing contracts, when he finally has time to talk to Tom. All right, start talking.
7: <laughs> I was sent by a friend of Johnny Fontaine's. His friend is my client, who give his underlying, undying friendship to Mr. Waltz. Mr. Waltz would grant him a small favor. Waltz is listening. Ah, referring to yourself in a third person, nice, well, okay. It's just a small favor. What is it? Really, the tiniest of favors, a smidge, in fact, of favors in the big picture. Only a blip. Well, out with it! Give Johnny that part in the new war film you're starting next Jesus! Week. And, uh, <sighs> what favor would your uh, friend grant, Mr. Waltz? Well, let's see. Uh, you're going to have some union problems. My client can make them disappear. Also, one of your top stars has just moved from marijuana to heroin, so I mean, you know what I'm talking
0: about. Hey, are you trying to muscle me?
7: Absolutely not.
0: Now you listen to me, you smooth-talking son of a bitch. Let me lay it on the line for you and your boss, whoever he is. Johnny Fontaine will never get that movie. I don't care how many Dago, guinea wop Greaseball, Goombas come out of the woodwork.
7: Well, actually, I'm German-Irish, so that it's not really insulting me. Well, let me tell you something, my crutmick friend. I'm going to make so much trouble for you, you're not going to know what hit you. Okay, now that was way harsh. Mr. Waltz, I'm a lawyer. I have not threatened you. I know almost every big lawyer in New York. Who the hell are you? I have special practice. I handle one client. I know, weird, right? So you have my number. I'll wait for you to call.
5: Tom turns to walk away.
7: Oh, my God, by the way,
5: I admire your pictures very much. (laughs) Tom extends his hand to Waltz, and Waltz shakes it reluctantly. Waltz then turns to a staff member and says, Check him out. It is later that day in the early evening Tom is now a guest of Waltz At his palatial estate in Hollywood
0: Waltz is overly polite In showing him around
7: This is really beautiful Well look at
0: this It's used to decorate the palace of a king
7: Oh yeah? Very nice
0: Why did you say you worked for Corleone Tom? Mm -hmm. Thought you were just some cheap two-bit hustler Johnny was trying to run and bluff
7: me I don't like to use his name unless it's really necessary Are we going to eat soon? I'm famished How's your drink, Tom? Fine, but when's dinner? Hey, come on over
0: here with me. I want to show you something really beautiful. You do appreciate beauty, don't you? I appreciate fine cuisine. What are we eating? <laughs> <laughs> Waltz brings Tom to his personal stable. Hey, uh, 600000 on four hooves. I bet a Russian czar never paid that kind of dough for a single horse. Well, no, why would he? It's a dumb investment. Cartoon, cartoon. Not gonna raise him, though. Put him out to stud. (laughs) Well, that's even dumber. (laughs) Thanks, Tony.
9: (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Walsh.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Let's get something to eat, huh? Finally! We cut to the inside of Waltz's house. Tom and Walsh are sitting down to a lovely dinner. Tom is thrilled to be finally
7: eating. Mr. Corleone is Johnny's godfather. To the Italian people, that's a very religious, sacred, close relationship. I respect that.
0: Just tell him he should ask me anything else. This is one favor I can't give him.
7: He doesn't ask a second favor once he's been refused the first. Understood? Oh, you don't understand. Johnny Fontaine
0: never gets that movie! That part is perfect for him! It'll make him a big star! And I'm gonna run out of the business! And let me tell you why!
5: Waltz gets up in anger. Tom now realizes he better eat up quick. This is not going to end well. His second guess is coming on so strong with Waltz as he was really looking forward to dessert. And now may not get it.
0: Johnny Fontaine ruined one of Waltz's international's most valuable protégés. For five years, we had her under training, singing lessons, acting lessons, dancing lessons. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on her. I was gonna make her a big star and let me be even more frank just to show you I'm not a hard-hearted man and it's not all dollars and cents. She was beautiful. She was young. She was innocent. She was the greatest piece of ass I've ever had and I've had her from all
7: over the world. Braggers. Are there any more of these potatoes? They're delicious. And then Johnny
0: Fontaine comes along with his olive oil voice and his guinea charm, and she runs off. She threw it all away just to make me look ridiculous. And a man of my position can't afford to be late look to ridiculous. But I'm a- now you get the hell out of here. And if that goomba tries any rough stuff, you tell him, I ain't no band leader.
9: Yeah, I heard that story.
7: Well, thank you for dinner (laughs) and a very pleasant evening. Do you think I could get a to-go box? Or or if that's not possible, could your car take me to like a jack in a box or something before we go to the airport? Mr. Colleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately.
5: Tom exits. Tony from the stables begins to talk to Waltz.
9: I don't know if that was such a good idea, Mr. (laughs) Waltz. I mean, you know, running and out of here before we got the
2: dessert. Geez, I didn't even think of that.
0: Well, I don't think anything bad will come of it. I should sleep pretty well tonight.
9: <laughs> well, I have a bad feeling about this, Mr. Walsh.
5: It is now dawn. A beautiful day is just about to begin as we are still at the Waltz Estate. We, sing in through, we swing in through the uh, alluring bedroom of Jack Walsh, who is sound asleep but slowly awakening to the aura of daylight streaming through his bedroom. Waltz turns over slowly and is confused. He sees blood on his hands. He's confused at where it's come from. As he (laughs) takes his bed sheets off, his covered body, his hilarious pajamas are also bloody, (laughs) until he realizes that he's in a pool of blood. As he unravels further covers, he finds cartoons, the horse's severed head in his bed. Apparently somebody without cell phones or the internet set up an elaborate plan in about an hour where a couple of, I guess, very stealth West Coast specialists snuck into the Waltz compound, killed the horse, chopped off the horse's head in complete silence, mind you, then dragged it into Waltz's bedroom while Waltz was sleeping, who certainly had a great night's sleep after telling the Godfather to go fuck himself. (laughs) Then, actually, put the fucking horse's head in the bed without waking him, because if he was drugged, he definitely would have woken up with a hangover like Senator Gary in Godfather (laughs) Two. And then the specialist snuck out and went out for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 we ah. paid out and cut to Vito Corleone's face back in his Long Island compound, representing that he truly is pulling all the strings.
2: Well, I mean, he really should have at least offered you dessert, right?
0: Let me introduce the guest, Paul Mercurio, our narrator. He's on the Paul Mercurio Two Chairs and a Microphone podcast. He'll be in Michigan Sun, April 7th through the 9th. Mateo Lane, the amazing Mateo Lane, come on. Mateo Lane on Twitter. Russman Eve. Russman Eve is CD Stray Doggy style on his wow. website, russmaneve.com. Lenny Marcus. Right here tomorrow night, the Comedy Cellar, tomorrow Thursday's new podcast, Misery Loves Company, on Riotcast.com. Lisa Traeger. And Glitter Cheese on Twitter. Also, right here tomorrow and every show tomorrow Thursday at the Cellar, Miss Irene Bremis. You're going to hear her on the scuttlebutt on B-Box Radio every Tuesday at 6.30. Debbie Shea. Hey at Debbie Lee Shea on Twitter. And of course, Mike Bichetti. What? Mike Bichetti on Twitter and the Artie Lane Twitter podcast every Thursday. And Little Danny Natterman, the Comedy sheller Show or podcast every week on Sirius XM and right here tomorrow night at the Village Underground. Thank you, everybody, and for Dave coming out. And Dave Juskow on yes, the thank sky. You so thank you. Thank you everybody for coming out on a rainy night. We'll see you in a couple of months. We'll do it again. We'll do it again.